Hello, spreaders, and welcome to season five of the Spread Podcast. I'm your host, Kaz. Can you guys hear the background noise? I'm actually sitting by the sea watching the ocean waves just crash upon the beach. It's so beautiful. I have decided that this is my place to work for the week, so please don't judge me. Nairobi is too cold. I'm so lucky that I get to wear little clothes right now. But anyway, I'm back. I know we took a really long break. Um, I've had a lot of personal issues that I have spoken about on my Instagram, but I am really great and happy to be back to podcasting. Oh, my word. So in today's podcast, we visited the wonderful Zerlina. You may know her from the content I've created in the past on my Instagram about the Dom sub dynamic with Jet Setting Jasmine and King Noir. If you haven't seen it, please go to our IG. We are at the spread pod across the board, actually. So Zerlina has for a while been a service sub for the power couple. And I haven't actually had the opportunity to have a proper conversation with her, even though we have spent quite a bit of time together until this moment. Now, this conversation isn't about her subbing. It's about her sexuality. She is a sex worker that identifies as asexual wild concept right well please take a seat strap yourselves in and prepare for the ride of your life so glad that you reached out to me wanting for this to happen because I've been meaning to have conversations with people who are asexual. I've asked on my Instagram so many times and haven't really received any responses. But one of the things that I know I'm aware of is that a lot of people also don't know. They don't know anything about asexuality. Um, somebody reached out to me on Instagram the other day and was like, please, could you recommend some pills or a company that sells pills that will help um, increase my libido because I'm really struggling and da da da. And I said, have you done any research on asexuality? And they were like, you know, it's just like sometimes I'm attracted to my husband, but then most of the time it's just not and da da da. And I just really want something that's going to enhance the process. And I said, first, do your research on asexuality and then come back to me and let me know if that's something that resonates with you. And then we can take it from there. People just, they really, really, more than anything, they really just don't know. I know for myself, I thought there was something wrong with me when I was younger. Uh, because it's also not really something that you hear much about. Yeah. And though yeah. some people may have heard the term before, I notice that people don't even really think about it. Like, they just don't mm. think about sexuality. So they also don't consider it an application to themselves or other people. And so it was a term that I had heard growing up, but as has been my practice, I'm very careful about ascribing certain terms to myself mm. um, because I can be wrong and not because I'm wrong about what my experience is, but because I can be wrong about what that word even means, you yeah. know, what that experience is. And um, people also often have a lot of associations for terms. Yeah. Um, so that's the other thing is that a lot of 
associations may come to mind, but again, they may not be correct or that's not like an exhaustive list, you know, of all that. Can yeah. Apply. Yeah. Okay. I, I understand. That makes sense. Um, so before we go on, I would like for you to introduce yourself to some of our listeners. Um, people have seen you on my Instagram page because we've created content together and um, I've been pushing um you know, the relationship that you've had with Jasmine and King, but I just want from your words to let people know who you are, what it is you do, and what brings you here today. Uh, well, okay, so I'm known as Zerlina Devine in the sex industry realm, but also known as the Deva Arizal, because I'm also a, um, I'm not just an erotic performer, but I'm also a burlesque and visual artist. I'm a burlesque performer, visual artist. Uh, I do all sorts of things. I'm just an artist primarily. Which is what happens with artists. It's like, I have a list of things that I do. <laughs> I do so many things. And so, yeah, so I do find that like, um, people will find me, but by way of many different like circles or avenues, there's mm -hmm. the visual artist, I paint, I draw, primarily like to do multimedia work. I love painting and I always have since I was younger. Yeah, I've seen your work. It's gorgeous, honestly. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, it is funny, the idea of being found through a variety of avenues instead of all in one place. And I've been wondering about maybe how, like the best way to integrate them. But it also is advantageous to have like kind of more specific places for specific things as well. Um, mm. So I don't know, that is something I've been kind of like struggling I understand with. that and it will come to you it always does it's only a struggle for a short time and then finally you will have divine intervention and it'll be like oh oh I could do this and then I could integrate it with this and ah magic it'll come <laughs> so yes you can find me as either Zerlina Divine or Arizel uh, Newman or the Deva Arizel I know there's a mermaid somewhere. Oh, yes. Uh, also, La Serene Noir. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's been the name of, like, my private Instagram for, like, the longest time. And mm -hmm. then I also decided to use it as the URL link for my OnlyFans page. <laughs> mm -hmm. I like it. I like it. Okay, asexuality is often described as a spectrum. But what does it actually mean to you? It definitely is a spectrum. The uh, experiences vary widely. For myself, I'm more kind of like in the center. I would be considered a gray ace um, or gray asexual and demisexual is kind of how I experience mine. Uh, another thing that's been done uh, to describe folks in the A and the LGBTQIA that is for asexual, um, aromantic, and agender folks. And so I definitely fall under there. But for me, it's like, mm -hmm. I'm more of like a gray ace and more demi. So for being a gray ace, I do uh, experience sexual attraction, just not often. It's just like sometimes. So it's just not as often as other people do. Um, it's mm -hmm. funny because when I think about that as applied to my youth, like, I really wasn't attracted to anyone. And I, the only reason why I actually started to pay attention to people in that way 
is because my friends were talking about it in <laughs> seventh yeah. grade specifically and my friends were like oh I had this boyfriend in fifth grade I don't know what they was doing with boyfriends in fifth grade but that's what was happening <laughs> and I was just like oh like I've never had a boyfriend and that and it made me wonder like well why you know and I started mm-hmm. like thinking so I was like oh I guess because I've never paid attention to them before and you know over time I kind of like learned to like see people in that way and even now it's like I might also find someone visually attractive, but um, it's not conflated with my sexual attraction. Mm -hmm. So I see beautiful people all the time. I'm constantly around beautiful people, but like uh, someone's physical appearance, which would, I suppose would be like um, primary attraction, that doesn't automatically turn me on or give me sexual feelings. It's just, oh, okay, this person's beautiful. It helps, but it's not, it's definitely not uh, necessary and it definitely isn't conflated. And I find that uh, that was one of the things for myself that uh, I first noticed for sure was very different from other people. It's like, yeah, I do think they're attractive, but that doesn't necessarily automatically want to sleep with them or it doesn't create physical sensations in my body. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yes, it does. It does. And I think more importantly, um, because I'm learning a lot from having this conversation with you, I know that there's a lot of people who are going to relate to it more than I do, because these are not um, feelings that are, I I actually do consider myself demisexual or um, sapiosexual, but I don't necessarily relate to the things that you're saying, but I know that it's going to be helpful to somebody for sure. Yes. So like, that's my kind of gray ace like experience. Yes. uh I am definitely Demi as well. Having kind of like a strong emotional bond is very important for me. And Mm -hmm. it does like help me open up in very particular ways. For me, it's like the the grayness and the Demi are definitely intertwined. Because like gray sexual or gray asexual people Generally, it may take very specific circumstances that can bring out, you know, their sexual attraction um, and the times that they do experience it. And again, people aren't limited just to these experiences. This is just some examples, and these have definitely been my experiences. As far as uh, demisexual goes, though, I find it, for me, it seems to operate more in that primary, secondary attraction kind of dichotomy where primary attraction is based more off of appearance or uh, first impressions or like a person's smell Mm -hmm. uh, which I do enjoy those things but again they're not necessarily arousing Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's secondary attraction which takes longer like that tends to develop over time Mm -hmm. and that's how it is for me as well where there may be things that I can find attractive, again, about a person, even more so immediately. I can like your scent. I can think you are beautiful physically, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it still may not really inspire sex. But I don't want to fuck you, so... Um... <laughs> That's the other thing that I think is difficult to explain to people, because they're like, well, we have a bond. But I'm like... You don't understand. It's like very specific. Like it's not mm. just any bond, you know. Mm. Like I have people that I've known 
for years, you know, and that's just never been a thing. And there's other people where it's like, we had been friends for years and then like established the sexual connection later. Mm -hmm. And I found that was very common for me. I guess another point I would like to make as well is that I guess an immediate assumption of asexual people is that they don't have sex, you know, or they wouldn't have any interest at all. And for some, that may be true. There could be some asexual people that can be completely repulsed at the idea of sex. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also asexual people who are sex positive and who, again, even though they may not experience sexual attraction, can still engage in sex for other reasons. Mm -hmm. With the kind of sex work that you do, how does that work with your ace status? I would say it's definitely directly informed by it. <laughs> okay. Could you explain that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, definitely in ways that weren't uh, immediately apparent to me, and I think I've been able to explore more over the past few years. But just even how I navigate tends to be more solo work or work with folks I already have an established connection with. I haven't really worked with that many people in the industry. Mm -hmm. um, and the folks that I have, it's like we still had time to get acquainted. That's the other thing. If I don't like somebody, I cannot fuck them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, that feels like something that everybody should do. <laughs> like, what are you doing fucking someone that you don't I like? I really like, never really, understood truly. that. Or when someone's like, you know, when they talk about their ex and how they hate their ex and they can't stand them, but the sex is so good. And so they go, I'm like, if I hate somebody, I don't want them to touch me. I just really can't. Like, that's one of the reasons why I realized full service sex work is something I just wouldn't really be able to do because it'd be mm. too obvious. If I'm not attracted to you, you'll know. Yeah, yeah. I, it's actually funny because even being on the asexual spectrum, like I've always had this obsession with sex and like my sexuality I found was rooted in voyeurism. Mm -hmm. So like in my youth, I loved porn. I was a very intelligent child. I knew how to read. So like sexual content, adult content, like I knew what ratings mm -hmm. <laughs> were needed like for like the things I was looking for. And I always thought that sex made a movie just so much more interesting, like sex mm -hmm. and, and romance and, you know, taboo things. I really enjoyed all of that. I just, it never occurred to me to be a participant. It was always like, very removed like a fly on the wall kind of thing mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um but I loved sex and was like um uh, kind of like obsessed with it you know I loved reading about it I loved mm -hmm. it in stories like I've just I've always loved sex it just didn't occur to me to participate in <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah so like even now as far as how it informs my work like to me it's very much uh, still an art. Yeah. Uh, it is an expression of myself because I am still a sexual being. I still do carry sexual energy. And, but I have found that it can be very singular, you know, so a lot of my work still carries a sexual energy, like even just as a model or getting into pole and like sensual movement, you know, all of these things are also an expression of my sexuality you know, stripping is sex work, you know, yes, um, and, and it's not always lap dances either. There's definitely people who are like, I don't want to interact too directly with, with another human being. Mm -hmm. 
um, which is a very valid boundary, especially as a sex worker, we do need to keep ourselves protected. So that isn't just physically, that can also be, you know, spiritually and energetically as well. Like, yeah. I don't want you to rub your spirit on me in any way. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I did not know that because I've always wanted to be a stripper. Um, and work in clubs but then I've always thought like a lot of the sex workers that I follow who work in clubs always talk about where you get the most money in the champagne room and just like walking around and talking to people and I was just like I would rather not do that personally and my thing is like I don't like that energy exchange I don't want to have to leave the club carrying so many different people's energy if I could just stay on stage that would be my ideal version of like working at a club I mean, it's definitely difficult, um, especially how many aspects of the sex work industry is set up. It's not necessarily truly in support of sex workers. It's always at our expense more often than not. I see that that is changing, especially as we get more entrepreneurship. The industry isn't as dominated by the larger companies as it used to be. It still is, for sure, but that tide is changing now people have like their own websites or if you do use a different site such as like OnlyFans or Patreon or things of the like you know um, there's camming Um, and even before that like you could take Polaroids and mail them to people people mail their worn panties or boxers to people and things Mm -hmm. of that nature all of those things are sex work as well and that's also you being removed from others you know it's always a consistent journey there's even certain language that i have now to be able to describe my experience that i didn't have just a few years ago i thought about doing porn when i was younger and i was like damn but like i'm really not interested in people like that and like Mm -hmm. i don't mind having multiple partners you know i'm I'm very poly. I'm very open to receiving and giving love. You know, Mm -hmm. that is how I operate. But I did still understand to some degree that I didn't have much sexual attraction. I didn't really have much of a high libido. And the times that I did experience those things were extremely like few and far between, much more rare in my youth than now, because I think Mm -hmm. I have a better understanding. But of myself but before even then I was like I don't actually feel physical sensations and it was funny because I really thought before that that I was like broken of course it's easy to think that yeah yeah a lot of people do um but Mm. you're not broken at all you're just probably on the asexual spectrum either you know and it is a it is a whole spectrum there's sexual there's asexual, right? You always have like the poles or the binaries, but there's mm. always the large stretch of spectrum in between those two. And I definitely mm-hmm. am in that spectrum. I do like making porn. I do want to continue, um, but I'm finding that it is more under very specific circumstances. Um, like even in the industry, um, I primarily worked with my doms or folks who were adjacent to my doms Mm. um, or adjacent to, um, I have like queer friends who make porn. So like I already knew a lot of people in the porn industry as it was. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like um, being able to make connections also through connections that I already have and people that I already trust and care about. But it was still, it's still been more of a, 
limited range. That's why most of the work that people will see uh, is of when I have other partners is with me and say King Noir, because mm-hmm. like we established a bond. We had an intimate like relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like that uh, made me comfortable to continuously work with him um, because we have that connection already you know mm. uh, so it's like all right so I'm gonna make the porn but I'm gonna make it with people that I feel connected to and and people that make you feel safe right oh yes absolutely and especially over time as my relationship builds with folks it's like it helps me to just open up more and it kind of gets me to that place where I can finally open up and it's like once I'm there it's like oh like, I'm even surprised. I surprised myself. So- <laughs> Did not know I could do that. <laughs> that was a bit even more intense than I thought it was going to be, you know. And then there is this other experience that I have that's very interesting. Like, I guess when people talk about having really strong physical chemistry. Yeah. To me, it's never just that. I always, like, ascribe spiritual or, like, energetic meanings to these things as well Mm -hmm. there are people that I have met in my life very rare but it definitely happens where I'll meet them and already feel really connected to them or feel really like safe just overly comfortable there's times Mm -hmm. I'm like I feel overly comfortable with this person and it would like throw me because I'm like I don't know them at all we haven't really established a connection at all. And like, I feel too inclined to be close to this individual. And like, that used to be scary. Now it's a bit more exciting. Uh-huh. But that is something else that does happen every now and again in my experience. I like that. I like that for you. <laughs> Could you talk a little bit about like, what kink does for you? I do have a lot of kinks. Ooh. Love it. Here for it. Pray tell. As I had mentioned before, like voyeurism was where I began and I have not since departed. Still love voyeurism. Mm-hmm. Um, I also am very much into clothes. Um, I love dressing up and I love mm-hmm. like I kind of have like a textile fetish. So I do like mm-hmm. very um, like different kinds of textures. Um, so I can still be very hands-on like I I guess I I I wish you guys could see her right now I'm sorry I didn't even ask what your pronouns are oh her applies um okay they they all apply he she they I I carry all of it (laughs) um so I was just saying you should see her she's just like sensually gliding her hands across her body that's I find that very sexy go on <laughs> I I can't help myself. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of have like a textile fetish to a degree. I can be very uh, tactile. I love fishnets. I love silk. I love lace. Mm-hmm. Um, I love velvet. I love um, leather. And um, oh, heels. Ooh, anybody in a good pair of heels I love heels mm-hmm. uh, I love how they make a person's calves look like the mm-hmm. strength that it brings out in the form I'm like ooh you know that's always nice I like looking at people I do 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get a lot out of that. Um, I would say that, like, like you were saying, being sapiosexual. So mental and emotional is very much where mm-hmm. I live. And that kind of helps to inform the rest or, like, kind of inform the physical. Yeah. So one of the things I do like about, like, BDSM is the role playing. It's getting into a role, very specific situations and things of the like, you know, help to bring certain things out of me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another layer to it for me, being on the asexual spectrum. They're intertwined, my being a little. Could you explain to people who might not know what that is? They generally tend to be people who like to be engaged with a more childlike manner or like their child to some degree or another. That's a very broad, very broad and general way to put it, but it's Mm. only because it's very nuanced (laughs) and expansive as well. Yes, yes. Um, So it does have a variety of applications. It's more so about the care or the gentleness and approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and also intimacy without it being inherently sexual mm-hmm. so like I do love being held I love closeness you know there's times where you'll see a baby or a toddler try to kiss somebody's face they'll like eat their face kind of like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> put their mm-hmm. mouth on your face mm-hmm. and, you know stuff like that and it's like very intimate but it's not sexual yes um so I'm very much like that. It's like a playfulness uh, in my intimacy or um, just wanting that closeness and that gentleness. I find that oftentimes, especially in BDSM dynamics, when we're thinking of like dominance or someone who is in a position of authority, people mm-hmm. often equate that with being mean or being violent. Mm -hmm. And while it can be those things, especially if that's the kind of dynamic you have and that's what gets you off, right? Mm -hmm. That does not get me off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am not that person. Mm -hmm. Like when people are mean to me, it hurts. Like I'm a sensitive noodle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've seen moments of that. (laughs) Oh, yes. I'm so sensitive. And I think people don't understand it, especially because they're like, oh, you're an adult. Adulthood is not like this amorphous being of experience. Like there's Mm -hmm. levels to it still. There's still expanding and learning to do. So even though as an adult, there's things that I know and understand as an adult and as just a being that's learning, there's still a lot of things that I don't know or understand, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and are still expanding into. And that includes myself, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I like patient loving guidance and that's usually what I associate with how one is to interact with a child. You can still hold them accountable. You can still have logical discourse with them. You can still be, you know, be reasonable, all of those things. I find that people almost think that the difference is like violence versus not violence. And it's Mm. like, you don't have to be violent with adults either. You don't have to be hype or mean with adults either. You can still Mm. express how you feel, express boundaries, et cetera, without, you know, being angry, Mm. without bringing harm, without, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do completely. I I don't mind being reprimanded. I don't mind being held. I want those things. Absolutely. Mm. I want the structure. I want the discipline. 
but I like to be approached, you know, in a way that's loving, coming from a loving place of like gentle guidance with the understanding, like you are still learning. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I expect that you're going to make mistakes. And so here, let me help you, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or like having conversations that also help me to understand or help us all to understand like, well, what's going on? Why? you know, do you respond to things in this way? I think that also helps to deepen our connection even further and yeah. gain better, deeper understandings of each other yeah, and ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And that brings me a feeling again of safety, right? You know, so mm -hmm. then I, I feel safe to mess up. <laughs> I feel safe, I guess, to be human. Unfortunately, as I've experienced and as I have observed, children also don't necessarily always get that i, I don't want to call it a luxury that <laughs> they don't really get to experience that oftentimes children are also yeah. treated like they should just know things and i yeah. think that's why a lot of people have a lot of the trauma that they do absolutely yes you know, speaking for myself that's why i have a lot of the traumas i have today constantly being ashamed of just existing of making mistakes again that feeling of safety i think is what i'm looking for and that definitely is intertwined with my being a little and with my kind of being on the asexual spectrum mm -hmm. i need a strong emotional bond with you you know like that's ideal and that's what brings the sexual feelings out Mm -hmm. But other reasons why I engage in sexual things is like, for example, in BDSM, being flogged, the impact play, mm -hmm. that just feels really good on my body. Yes, yes. Impact helps to release tension. And I carry a lot of tension mm -hmm. in my body, you know, mm -hmm. so it still um, helps me to release in some way, mm -hmm. uh, even if it's sexual release right like I also still get joy out of service I love to be of service to others I love when other people are happy and proud I completely relate to that I relate to that completely. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know that's something else that I really just get out of it as well is just being of service and being able to be I guess an instrument of love in a manner of speaking you know so it I find that no action is like inherently anything. It's always about the meaning that we place behind it, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, you can do the same act for a vast, infinite variety of reasons, you know? And a lot of the time for me, it's like connection, service, support, nurturing, sometimes like if my partners are like horny or they could just be going through it and just need like to be present with something else, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, to be able to provide that is also a form of nurturing, you know, mm -hmm. and it is also an expression of love and compassion, you know, so like, I don't have to just have sex because I'm horny or because I'm feeling like mm -hmm. sexually urges in my body. But just because of, right, it's an expression of love and care mm. and service. That's why sex work is so important because intimacy is important. Touch is important and people need that.
am proud to announce our new partnership with Africa Podfest. Africa Podfest is a company based in Kenya, driven by a clear, singular focus, inspiring and elevating African podcasts by building a sustainable and inclusive podcasting industry across the continent. Their intention is to achieve this by simplifying podcast learning, placing a spotlight on African podcasters, and centering voices that have been in the margins. We are extremely blessed to be joining forces with Africa Podfest to bring you more podcasts from the continent. Please find a link to their website in the show notes below. Our podcast of the week is... Two Broke Twimbos from Zimbabwe. What do you get when you combine two Zimbabweans with absolutely no financial muscle nor any real-life influence? When all they possess is body odor and Twitter accounts. Welcome to Two Broke Wimbos straight from Zimbabwe. Please make sure that you check them out. There's a direct link in the show notes below. Now back to our podcast. You don't know me. What's masturbation like for you? Okay, so I absolutely do masturbate. Okay. <laughs> I like things that are very intense. and Like, I love vibrators uh, specifically because they provide intense sensation. Mm -hmm. So for me, like, my sexual energy can be built. So it may not already be there, but it can yeah. be built up. So foreplay is important you know, sensual touch and eroticism can be very important because it can help to uh, put me in that place. Mm -hmm. But I find that things that are a bit more intense sensually is yeah. very helpful for me because then it's like, it's an undeniable sensation in my body. You know, this is a whole thing, but mm -hmm. I'm also finding like, you know, there are different kinds of arousal as well. So like speaking to being a sapiosexual, being aroused, like, um mentally you know it's like a, a mental arousal which can translate into a physical arousal mm -hmm. but it starts up here or like how you can feel a physical sensation that's not connected to your emotions or to your mental space at all but it's just mm -hmm. something that you feel that feels good so that's like you can be physically aroused through mm -hmm. just sensation and how that sensation feels on that particular place on your body mm -hmm. does that make sense yes it does completely yes <laughs> so for me like um like I guess in listening to other people like they may already feel physical sensations or feel physical arousal in their body even before being touched like they could just be sitting on the bus or reading a book they mm -hmm. could be at the fucking stove cooking mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. or just mm -hmm. drinking some tea and be like, oh, god damn, like, <laughs> like, did you see something? You have you seen that meme? Like, hey, girl, did you see something? Did you see something? <laughs> and for me, like, so I may not start there. Like, I don't start with feeling physical sensation, but I can build up. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I also find that that's actually been very integral as far as like my tantric practice. Mm -hmm. um, actually, tantra has been very helpful for me in my sexual practice because it helps me to get more into my body and um, 
I find that also because in a lot of cases, my sexual arousal and my sexual energy is built and built upon, then that also has helped me to like, you know, build really good stamina, I guess, Mm. you know, or like, I can go for a very long periods of time because it's Mm. almost like you start off really low and it's this slow build and then you get this like crescendo, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, so that's kind of like how it works for me. There are times where I can tell that I'm carrying tension or carrying certain forms of energy in my body where I'm like, I'll release it through masturbation. Yeah. I think lately, especially because I've been practicing more tantra and just been doing more exercises to try to connect more to my sexuality Mm -hmm. and to my body. There are times where like two weeks ago, I'm so excited about this. (laughs) So am I now. (laughs) There was actually a day where I was like horny. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my God. Where were you? What were you doing? I was literally chilling at home. I think I felt pretty that day too, you know, say I've been feeling good about myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm really solid with the partners that I have currently. I just feel like just all of the needs is like a nice, well-rounded situation. Like it's been, I've kind of been having an ebb and flow in my ability to connect with others lately, but I feel like I've been flowing a little bit more mm-hmm. so I'm like yay connection so yeah I was just at home feeling sexy like oh you know we look mm-hmm. good today and mm-hmm. I was like wow actually I think I think I'm horny <laughs> and it's funny because I had to say I think because it's not something I experience often so what did you do <laughs> <laughs> who did you call and so I was like, wow. I was like, wow, I actually really, I really want sex, like, right now. It's like, I'm so not used to this. And so I was like, wow. I was like, I can call people. I was like, all right, mm-hmm. so let me see. I got my two other partners. I hit up the one. And he was like, oh, you know, tonight's not going to be a good night because I'm heading up to New York. And I was like, oh. And he's still up in New York. He's been up in New York since then. You gotta be like, thank God for polyamory. I'm gonna call my other partner now. <laughs> but that's the sad <laughs> part because did I even get in touch with my other partner? I either couldn't get in contact. Like maybe I called my other partner and they just weren't oh. available. So they didn't answer or whatever. What was the universe trying to tell you? Like, what message are you sending me, dear universe? Like, I am horny. I would like to get eaten. I would like to get eaten, please. Please. Lord, help me. But then (laughs) I remembered, I was like, duh, bitch. That's why we have toys specifically Mm. for these times. Mm. So it's like, all right, so I'm going to just play with my own self but it was very interesting because like that's what I would do any other time anyways like play with mm-hmm. my own self but I had the specific urge to like be with somebody else mm-hmm. like of my own accord and mm-hmm. like kind of like low-key like physical sensations I was like <gasps> <gasps> oh my gosh that's hilarious I love it Oh, I love it. Um, I wanted to ask you, like, what would you say 
you'd like to see more of regarding sexual visibility and asexual sex work? I definitely would love to um, see more conversations surrounding it because I do find that there are certain forms or certain sexualities that are focused on more than others. Yes, of and course. that's kind of like always been the thing, right? It's like wanting equal representation. So I definitely would love to see a lot more conversation about it, even if it is just like a, hey, did y'all know that this exists? You know, yes. <laughs> like, yeah. even if it's just yeah. like on a radio show, like pop quiz or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just making it more accessible to people and just more of a conversation. I think that my access to queer porn, especially because I have a lot of friends that make queer porn and stuff, mm-hmm. has been very helpful for me to just have access to a lot of different depictions or sexual mm-hmm. depictions, a lot of different kinks and things of that nature. I guess for me, what I've been wanting to see is just more eroticism or like, I guess more imagery that's sexually charged in the sense of maybe not necessarily outright sex all the time but sometimes again just like showing the like what they call romantic on Pornhub oh I guess <laughs> there's a category on Pornhub called romantic yeah I guess yeah that's more romantic <laughs> I guess eroticism and sensuality are very important to me specifically because they kind of help with my connection to my sexual energy and kind of bring that out of myself So seeing more of that where it's like how to build that sexual connection or that sexual energy or how to build intimacy and how just the the simplest of touches can be Mm -hmm. so charged. Like Mm -hmm. I think that's the other aspect of being a little too in my personal experience or something that I associate with it is that sometimes, yeah, you know, I don't necessarily need to get to the sex. It's like the foreplay is so Mm. sexually charged, like with the energy. And I can understand what you're saying about learning more about Tantra. That's where the tantric energy comes into play, because you can feel that like energy exchange with your partner before even any kind of intercourse or outer course happens yes absolutely and so then it's like anything you do can be really sexually charged you know so kind of bringing that sexual tantric energy back to things so that that way folks can also see or kind of connect more to the value of things that they wouldn't necessarily consider to be sexual but can still get that much joy or connection from simpler things Like, obviously in porn, right, it can be difficult to try to depict asexuality, I think. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, is it really porn then? But I guess it depends. That's why I love things with story and context, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really do like when we set up a scenario and getting into the role, because I think that helps to add sexual charge to the situation. It could be stated that the person is asexual. Yeah, it's a tough one, huh? Even when you have, like I was saying, when you're an asexual person and or on the spectrum and you happen to meet somebody that you are really sexually excited about, like what does that look like? Especially as is expressed even verbally to that partner and how the partner mm-hmm. responds knowing that they have the ability to arouse mm-hmm. a, a person who's generally unarousable, you know? Yeah. Oh, I like that. So something like that, especially as still kind of like navigating it myself, 
So it can be, I think, as far as like film goes, if it's not any story behind it or something like that, it can be difficult to depict asexuality, especially if we're talking about porn specifically. It's like, how do you yeah. make porn? Simpler things like just touch that isn't necessarily genital focused or something like that, or that does yeah. focus more on the connection, the things that are being said how they're looking at each other, the kind of energy yeah. they just generate between each other can be sexy and can be powerful. Yeah. I think that's what people, especially nowadays, really appreciate seeing. From the feedback I've gotten from my work, that's one of the things that I've heard the most is people feeling like my responses are genuine and looking like I have like a genuine care or connection with my partner. I find I find that every time I've watched any of your work, I'm just like, I always think, oh my gosh, those two are in love. <laughs> I'm like that, that like, yeah. And I rarely see it. But every time I watch you with a partner, I'm just always like, this just looks so beautiful. Like I, I'm so turned on by the work that you do because it just feels so thank you so much <laughs> i'm so glad <laughs> yeah 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 um before we have to wrap up because we are coming to the end um is there any like advice that you would give uh, other asexual people who are interested in getting into sex work oh yes definitely exploring more of yourself first just having an understanding of how your asexuality expresses itself and what kind of boundaries or things you need to consider and put in place to honor those aspects of yourself. I feel like you can definitely do anything that you want. Anybody could do anything. It just always helps to understand what your needs are so that it works best for you. Mm -hmm. um, so if you aren't really comfortable interact directly with people, then probably doing things like long distance, like cam work or like sending pictures or video or something like that. Doing like more solo work first could be helpful or making porn with partners who mm -hmm. actually are comfortable with being on camera or not. They could wear a mask or something or mm -hmm. they don't ever have to show their face. There's porn where you might not see people's faces. Uh, there's so many different kinds of sex work. Yeah, I think that's the thing right there. Um, because a lot of people just think that the minute you say sex work, people just, you know, fucking on screen. And the thing is, it's so vast. So vast. Just understanding fetishes. There's so many different kinds of fetishes. There's so mm -hmm. many different kinds of kinks. Sex work is so expansive. You mm. know, it doesn't always even mean that you show genitals. It doesn't have to be any of that. Showing people your feet that really enjoy feet, you can mm. give yourself a foot massage on camera and somebody else can feel like that's sexual because they're sexualizing your feet. Eating. Even eating is sex work. People will pay to watch somebody eat food in lingerie. I think that's called mukbang. Yes. <laughs> yes. People will pay to watch you eat and get, yeah. you know, sexual pleasure out of that. ASMR, just speaking to someone doing like phone sex you can just do various recordings and just share them and then yeah. people can just listen to whatever it is they want to yeah. listen to at that time there's so much there's even eco-sexual where people like you know being out in nature 
you know, get all up in the dirt and the sand. <laughs> I love how descriptive you are. <laughs> like, I'm just... <laughs> I just want everybody to know that everything that Zelina is saying, she's actually just acting out. <laughs> I'm like, yes. I'm one of those people. I love it. I love it. I'm just like that. I love it. It's just that I'm stuck in a closet. I never, ever thought that I would find myself in a closet again. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I guess I'm never concise in my answers. I'm so sorry. I really be trying. <laughs> no, you are doing a phenomenal job. Everything that you've said makes a lot of sense, especially with advising other people. And it's not even necessarily people who are on the ACE spectrum. It's for anyone. It, it really goes across the board. There's ways in which we can make extra money without shaming people in the sex work industry because... At the end of the day, we are selling our bodies one way or another. You know, the capitalistic industry is like that. You work. You use your body to work. You get paid. You're selling your body. You might as well sell other parts of your body or, you know, find ways to make money off of sex work. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're tearing their bodies apart every day um. with a lot of the physical labor that they do for their jobs and for years at a time. Even their minds. <laughs> yeah. Like mind and mind, body and soul. People are out here just wasting away for work. So like, yeah. <laughs> you're always using your body for something. Yeah, so like, absolutely. Chill. The more sexual education people have, I do find that the less they care about like or not I don't want to say like they don't give a fuck about shit I mean yeah. the less are bothered by any of these things even at the possibility of contracting like an STI or mm. an STD you know they're educated in how these things work how you contract them in the first place you know there's so many things that I think people are just so afraid of because they aren't educated and they don't understand yeah. yeah but the moment you inform yourself and you get more information it can be so relieving anyone trying to get into the sex work industry regardless of orientation or otherwise uh, your sexuality any of that I would say just make sure you are educated in the options that you have available to yourself make sure you are aware that like sex work isn't just street walking mm. or sex work isn't just camming or it's not just porn that there's so many different niches and so many different things that you can do and then also think of yourself you know what am I comfortable doing not just comfortable doing what do I enjoy doing you know because mm. that's also what sexuality and sex and all of that is about is like pleasure the yeah. pleasure of even self-expression yeah know? um mm -hmm. so what brings you pleasure what pleases you to do what makes you happy what brings you joy what's something you would rather be doing and see if you can get paid for it you know mm -hmm. just don't limit yourself and don't think that you have to do anything remember that you are always sovereign you always have the power of self-determination don't ever let anyone make you believe that you have to do this or you're not going to be successful in this industry. It's not true. You can always make it work for you. You know, you just got to know what works for you. Yeah, yeah. And the learning is continuous. It never stops. Always. Of self, of others, of absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm here for it. Thank you so much.
Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I know like if we had more time, we would go on and on. Um, but this has been so, 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 so helpful. I know there's so many people who are going to benefit from listening to this podcast. And I'm just so grateful for you and grateful for the work that you do. And um, yeah, I just want you to know that. Like, I really mean that. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate you holding the space and allowing me to come on your platform. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please join us on our social media as we continue all of these important conversations. We have also been writing blogs to better help you all understand the work that we are focusing on this year. There is a direct link in the show notes below. And please don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts or subscribe to us on Spotify because Spotify is now in Kenya, so everybody should have access to it. We are at the Spread Pod across the board. Please don't forget to follow us, like, share these podcasts with your friends. And we will see you next time. Bye. Looking for something that's right in front of me. Yeah. I want to tell you things that I won't tell at anybody else here. I want to share my secrets with you. Because with you, I have no fear.